Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. All good. All we need is Andy. Where's he gone? Oh, heavy coat, about Jaws. 63 degrees out there. No, no, I just, I'm not ready to divest myself of this coat yet. Okay. Right, we're ready? Strange way, what's happened to this microphone? It's, it's working, I take it. Here we go. This is Paul Hawksby. <laughs> and Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, Matthew Side came in, journalist and uh, author. Mm. He's got a new book out. He talked about that, aimed at kids. Yeah, and then we had a g- general chat about sport We did. That. Yeah, yeah. a bit of pep and more. Yeah. Football. Uh, we chatted to David Allen, who's a boxer. He's just been sparring with uh, Tyson Fury and has left his mark on him, as you'll hear. He's also uh, sparred in the past with uh, Anthony Joshua, so he gave us a real insight into the two men. Good talker, too, yeah. Yeah, he, he was, was very good, good. yeah. Uh, we had a chat. Of course uh, we did, yeah. We talked a bit about last night. We talked a bit about general stuff. And we had a few oh, puns. Oh, yeah, that new book. Oh, we've got a, a listener sent us a book from about 1934 and a very good letter yeah. that he wrote with a five-page handwritten letter. See. Most appreciated. See, kids, remember them? Anyway, uh, you'll hear a bit of that as well. So not the whole five pages. But anyway, here it all is. <laughs> anyway, uh, <coughs> five minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Afternoon, Paul, and uh, good afternoon, everybody. And uh, ooh, what a fine game that was! Last well, night. second half was quite exciting, oh, quite exciting because of yeah. the Stoke Jeopardy. The Stoke really. Jeopardy, yeah. yeah but uh, made it I, I just had this feeling that it would have been so great last night if Michael Oliver had sent off both Joe Hart and Jack Butland, really just for fun. Well, he had a big call, didn't he? The last moment, it was never a pen, uh, but the last mm. moments of the game, there was a call to be made mm. on whether there was a push in the back, and virtually yeah. the last kick. But, you know, he wasn't going to go for that one again, was he? No, I don't think he was, really. But no. uh, it was never a pen, anyway. The one that was, I mean, the, the, the most pathetic dive of the night went down, not for the first time, to old Chikorito. I mean, he's not, I don't know what he does. He's not even any good at it. There no. was, do you see that? There was that one moment where he kind of deliberately thought, oh, the defender's coming here. I'll get my back into oh, him yeah, and then rubbish. throw myself <laughs> deliberately <laughs> to the ground. No, no. Should have been booked for that, shouldn't he? I think he should, really. Yeah, yeah terrible. And, uh, but there was one bit of play in the first half that really did sum up the whole thing. Mark Noble miscontrolled the ball and kicked it out. And uh, the Stoke right back, Moritz Bauer, so keen to get it, he just fell over. Yeah. <laughs> did you see that? It was incredible. Desperate times, Marvelous, wasn't, wasn't it? Really? But it was, uh, you know, it was exciting. The closing stages, I thought, were pretty exciting, simply because there was so much riding on it for Stoke. They got their noses in front and mm. couldn't hang on. Very good goal by uh, 
by Carroll. Took his chance well. Oh yeah, he? he's, he's so hit. frustrating because he's he's got so much going for him. He has, yeah. the fact that he hardly plays, but other than that, he's really got everything you'd want. You know, it's the moose. Just... The moose took Karen Brady to task uh, oh, last yeah. night on Twitter. And if you saw mm. that, she had a new show on. Oh on yeah, TV. I want to talk about the new show. Actually, yeah, yeah, and she had a new show on TV, and she tweeted at about half seven. Don't forget my new shows on tonight oh, in yeah. half an hour. And Moose said, hang on, shouldn't you be advising people to watch West Ham <laughs> rather than your new show? Her new show, actually, it's called Give It a Year. It's part of a new series of programmes, including Give It Five Minutes. That's Alan Brazil's uh, morning visits to the toilet. Oh, with dear, and Give It Six Months, a programme about the marriages of Katie Price. Oh, Andy. That's a bit of satire. Thank you very much Thank for you. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it a year for what? <laughs> Give it a year before the fans start rebelling about moving to the new stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll What's it about? It's about starting a business. Yes, I think so, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Good. It's about what she's done in her life. I was life, watching the know. match instead of afraid of didn't I didn't it. see it, to be honest. I did not see it, as no. they say. Uh, talking of the pricey, Katie Price, she's oh, struggling yeah. to get London Marathon donations. As fans, I didn't know she was doing these. Yeah, she's doing them. Brilliant. Marathon. Good luck to her. Yeah, yeah. of course. And fans don't believe she'll finish. I think it's a bit harsh, really. The glamour model has pleaded with her social media followers to donate to the British Lung Foundation in honour of her mum who's not well. Uh, Twitter users reckon she will not get far on the 26-mile course on Sunday. She's already spoken about her dodgy knee. Oh, wow. I think it's a bit harsh, isn't it? You can always walk, do what the moose did. Yeah, make exactly. a nice, nice eight-hour walk of it. You that's still get the money. That's the important right. thing. Good luck to our own Andy Goldstein. He's doing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done a little bit of sponsorship of Andy. Good so luck, Andy. Good. Yeah. Uh, Sergio Aguero has ordered Manchester City to keep winning titles and dominate English football for ordered. years to come. No, he hasn't. Okay. I went through the quote. I won't bore you with the quotes. He, he never ordered. There's no orders. No ordering out, going on at all whatsoever. But uh, apparently. He ordered them. Um, I just, there, was a, there was a lot of people kind of taking the Twitter the other day and saying, oh, I, I, they're so Vincent Company's house is not quite uh, what I expected. I expected something a bit more open plan and modern. But that was his, that was his wife's <laughs> nan's place, wasn't it, apparently? That's what they do. So when they won the title, oh, yeah. Vincent Company was in a very old traditional sort of nan's sitting room. Was this in Belgium? No, 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 over here. I think his oh, missus is, uh, oh, is, okay, is British. Yeah, yeah. Fine, yeah. So, um, but yeah, they're all, in, they're all at her place. And uh, yeah, so it was kind of, it's like like your nan's sitting room would be, really, if she's an average nan. Yeah. But I did like the idea that Vincent likes the nan look, and he's brought in interior <laughs> designers who cost hundreds of thousands of pounds <laughs> to give him get that, that look. authentic look of your nan's living room. <laughs> yeah. The big old sofas, anti macassars. What a player he was. Tremendous. Remember the young Finnish boy? He's not Finnish. He's only 28, <laughs> yeah. anti Macassar. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so it was great. All those little ornaments, yeah, the picture yeah. of the, the girl crying on that, yeah, that the couple, the naked couple, and the big winged. <laughs> yeah, they'd have all that up there when they're oh, like your nan sitting with oh, horse brasses. Nice. Yeah. I'd right. go for that. Um, and Shakiri, he's a good player, Shakiri, isn't he? But his body language, have you ever seen a player with his, well, his body shapes? You want to start with his body shape? Great, he's like a barrel, isn't he? He slumps, he sulks, he shouts. Honestly, it'd drive you mad, though, if you were playing with him. Yeah. I mean, he's a really good player, but. I don't know if he does that. He's just Swiss. He plays for Switzerland, doesn't he? I don't know if he does that for Switzerland. They've been incredibly idea. unlucky, Stoke. Really. I mean, I think Paul Lambert's got a point. You know, it's. it's I mean, they were uh, lucky to see, an extent. You can't love. see a game out. No, it's not true. unlucky when you can't see the game out. You're one nil up with about five minutes to go, and you can't see it out. You know, that was a good finish. That could that come from nowhere. That finish, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was really? good, very good finish. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, the cross. There was no pressure on the ball. The cross came in. Nobody 
cleared it, you know. So in yeah. the end, you can't really blame. They needed three else. points last night to have a fighting chance. Oh, they chance, did. Really, they did. They? they really did. Uh, looking at the court circular, it was fantastic yesterday because you know it's the Commonwealth uh, exhibition, not exhibition. That's what the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth. Ex- the, I'm not going to that. What, when's the that on? Commonwealth exhibition. The com- what are you talking about? The Commonwealth <laughs> conference. Or, oh, the Commonwealth you know, conference. Yes, Commonwealth right. leaders conference. That's oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So this bloke, uh, the deputy lieutenant of Greater London. This bloke. Well, he's the deputy le- lieutenant of Greater London, Mr. Okay. Bruce Holder. Right. Uh, he was present at uh, Heathrow Airport this afternoon for the arrival of the Republic of Seychelles, uh, Excellency. And then uh, Mr. Bruce Holder this evening was at... Known as Noddy in the dressing room. ...was at Heathrow Airport mm. to meet the uh, D- Democratic Socialist Republic leader of Sri Lanka. Yeah. And then in the morning, Mr. Bruce Holder uh, was present at Heathrow Airport London this morning too Blimey. for the arrival of the President of the Republic of Malawi. So basically he was there the whole day. He might as well just stayed at Heathrow Airport. I don't know if he kept coming there and back and get a bit like a cab. You got, you know, you, you just get, got him in the car. Go, yeah, you get, you get a, 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 a token if you don't go far enough. He just got him in the right cab, and uh, and he just stayed there. Went back to Costa, I would imagine. They're all here, though. Uh, Prince Henry of Wales. Uh, yes, they received the Honourable Josea Vorek Banana Rama. But now, <laughs> come on, she's not called Banana Rama. <laughs> Bainim Marama Mama. You're right. <laughs> I can't read it, but it looks like Banana Rama, Prime Minister of the Republic of Fiji. Okay. I do apologise if that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> I, do, I do struggle with those Fijian names. I do. You we, called her Gladys Banana Rama or something, think, didn't you? Oh, Jos- Josiah, I think it's a, Josiah bl- it's a man. I okay, think. sorry if you're listening, Josiah. <laughs> I don't think he is. Yeah. Although you might have been listening last week when Ben Ryan was on. Yeah, it might have been, because they, they, they celebrate the great Fijian rugby win. In the, in <laughs> you never the, know, yeah. do you really? Now, in this uh, first yeah. hour, we will be chatting to David Priest, former Sunderland goalkeeper turned uh, journalist and mm. goalkeeping coach. And uh, we'll be chatting about Joe Hart. And really, there's only one choice for England keeper. And surprisingly, he's not it. Um, uh, Ollie Bell joins us from ITV Racing. He is uh, taking up boxing, son, son of Rupert. And he's telling us why. Um, also, we're going to talk a bit of golf later on. Patrick, interest, more interesting facts about... Patrick Reed. Mm, uh, and that was interesting. He is, he is a player apart, really, compared with many other uh, golfers, so we'll tell you more about that. Robbie Lowe will be here from Arsenal Fan TV, new uh, series on Channel 4. And I'm going to talk a bit of uh, Jose as well mm. and uh, his reaction to that performance at the weekend. He says he's going to boot out a few big hitters uh, for uh, the game at the weekend, potentially. And I ought to thank Ian Longley, who sent oh, us yeah. a very uh, long letter, a five-page handwritten letter with some very good stories in I'll try and get to them, Ian. And a beautiful old football encyclopedia. Oh, I really? Mean, just sort of incredible. I don't know when this was, probably about 1937 or something. But anyway, it's wow. very, very nice. It's got so, some good uh, stuff in it, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. He wants it back, though. He's a big Palace fan, and there's a picture of So Palace. he just lent it to us. Well, that's high risk with Andy. No, no. He I mean, not that he'd nick it, but he'd just lose it. He'll leave <laughs> yeah, it in the office definitely. somewhere. I won't. Um, anyway, we'll see. We'll, we'll do our best to make sure we get it back to you. That's that's very trusting of you mm. and possibly a bit daft. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Making a welcome return to the studio is uh, journalist and author uh, Matthew Sy. Good to see you, Matthew. How are you? Great to be here, guys. Lovely to see you. Yeah. You Listen can... to you every afternoon, oh, so it feels like deja vu. Very kind of Marvelous. you. So you were listening in yesterday. Well, Kevin Day was on yeah, Fine Form, terrific. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Now, uh, your new book, uh, You Are Awesome, uh, is, is aimed at kids, isn't it? Yeah, so I, I wrote a couple of books for adults, Bounce and Black Box Thinking, mm-hmm. about the sort of psychology of success, how to get people to be resilient and to really fulfil their potential. And I got a reasonable amount of feedback from parents saying, OK, these lessons and messages are really strong, we, we like them, but I would love our 
kid, my son or my daughter, to read something like this. And it struck me, I've got two youngsters, four and five. This book is aimed at nine to 14. Mm-hmm. But it struck me, just thinking about it as a dad, that the digital, the online world, kids are surrounded by images of perfection, perfect bodies, airbrushed images, perfect lives. And I think it makes it really difficult for young people to take risks, to look silly from time to time. And because of that, they're sort of deeply constrained in terms of their growth. And I think this fear of failure is holding young people back. So I've written this book, you know, you're looking at it, Andy. It's a lot of storytelling, a lot of science, Mm. illustrations, to try and get them into a a mindset where they can actually pursue Mm. their passions without worrying and being anxious. I mean, I think it's a a good time to do this because never have have kids had a kind of instant... uh, online critics maybe the way they do now I mean if you did if you were a kid 20 years ago 25 and you were end up in a school play or did a show yeah. you're not going to get any feedback you could go home after that and everybody could be telling you how useless and terrible you are 10 seconds later you can actually do it on your phone as I you know. left the stage mm. well, so that's, that's a lot of pressure okay, for so kids yeah. to deal with you've articulated miles better than I did that, that's exactly right so I remember doing a, a school play Joseph and his amazing technical drinker I was Jacob the dad I only had one line I was 9 <laughs> years old but you look out at all the faces looking at at you mm-hmm. my parents were there and you know you think and worry about negative judgment and i fluffed the line and i thought afterwards my dad can you remember what it was now i can't even remember the line <laughs> I said, well, probably I selectively it but i thought i worried my dad would sort of say you've let us down son you know that's yeah. but and actually <laughs> he, he had this big grin on his face and he said at least you've had a go Next time it will be easier. And it was easier. But you're right. Now, as a journalist, I write a column. Yeah. 20 years ago, you could write a column and you wouldn't know what people thought. Now, it's a kind of self-selecting group who will go after you. Mm, yeah. And so kids are, I think, anxious about having enough likes on Twitter, enough friends on Facebook. And it, I think it, it can. I, so you're right. I think we are yeah. in, a, in a situation now, particularly with the way the world is changing so fast technology, artificial intelligence. There was a survey recently saying that most kids today will probably have 10 to 15 jobs in their career, not like the old days where we had one career for life. Mm. And most of these jobs haven't been invented. Now, in that kind of context, you've got to embrace the unknown, you've got to take risks, and you've got to be capable of taking on negative feedback. Otherwise, what are you going to do? Mm. So did you get some kind of expert guidance on how to pitch this at this sort of age group? Matthew, I say you've got young kids, but it's slightly different from talking to adults, isn't it? Yes, so I did need some help, I've got to admit. So Mm. I wanted to make sure it was in exactly the right language, the right examples. So I'd be talking about David Beckham. Most of these kids weren't born when Beckham (laughs) does that free kick, you know what Mm. I mean? Mm. So there's a lot of up-to-date examples, Jay-Z and J.K. Rowling. Mm. And I also had a, a brilliant guy called Matt help me with some of the language yeah. So he translated what I would normally be writing about into language that kids would really engage okay. with. And I, I never let it get in my way personally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just say yeah. keep up. Yeah, Robbie, <laughs> Robbie Savage has had a look. He said it was just bang well, on message. That's perfect. <laughs> but that's, that's a difficult thing because it's quite hard to pitch that, isn't it? Because you don't want it to be patronising. Yeah. At the same token, you don't want it to go over their heads with there's no point. Yeah, that, you know, well, you, you kind of describe exactly the, the dilemma mm. I was in because you try and dumb it down. Mm. That's not going to... No, resonate at all. So, so I think you've got to respect the intelligence, the independence of spirit of young people. So it is written. I mean, it will be, you know, an interesting and challenging read. I hope for nine, nine to fourteen year olds. But you're absolutely right. You get that tone wrong, and people won't engage. So I think we that was probably the thing that we spent the most of the time on. It is difficult, then, and not everybody can be successful. Can they? I mean, it's just it's always been that way. You know, that some people have just yeah. got more about them than other people. That's true. T- talent isn't irrelevant for sure Mm. but think about kids who might have a passion you were talking about 
theatre. Yeah. Might have a passion for wanting mm. to get on the stage. Think how often they don't even dare get on that stage. Sure. Because no, you have to true. take a few risks, don't you? Or take broadcasting. You know, the first time I ever came on with you two, mm-hmm. this is years ago. Yeah. I mean, it was still in this building, though. I think you're in the studio over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was gripped by no. I mean, I almost... It was. I mean, I don't know if you remember, I could almost not get the words out because it is nerve-wracking being on air. Mm-hmm. But you do it once and do it again and you sort of get over your nerves and the anxiety. And yeah, I really true. worry about kids, if you like, in their comfort zone. It's not that they're necessarily going to win a Nobel Prize or an Olympic gold medal, but at least if they get out there and give it a go, yeah. they will grow as, and they'll reach their potential, whatever that is. I wonder how much kids realise that, that Instagram thinks people are curating their own lives, they're making themselves look good, or do they just feel insecure by that or do they realize that everybody does it well it's interesting in other words it's edited isn't it yeah it's, yeah. A, it's a curated we all do it yeah. everybody does it I, I caught a friend of mine took a photo of her, of her breakfast and it was i said how long did it take you to set the photo <laughs> yeah. like the croissants were in the right place the coffee was just the yeah. right thing and people do that they that's the trouble they go yeah. to to make themselves look as if their life is fantastic but don't you think that that's actually also applicable beyond the digital world so so take take beckham for a sec you know, we see him taking, or we used to see him taking a free kick, or Ronaldo doing mm. the bicycle. We see that performance, that sort of detonation of genius, and we think, oh my goodness, they're genius. And they are geniuses, to be fair. Mm. But what don't we see? We don't see the years of practice, all the mistakes they made, the fact that, you know, Beckham had so many difficulties in his early career, struggled to get into the side, but he continued with this sort of resilience. So I think there is a sort of fundamental misconception about what we see in relation to what it took for the high performers to get to that place. Mm. Certainly with Ronaldo, you can see the work that he's putting just in his own body. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. You know. And, and you know, the, the big thing, well, I mean, a number of, I think, fascinating things happened in his life. You know, when he went over to Sporting Lisbon for Madeira, he was teased, he was homesick, he wanted to go home, and his mum said, let's stay there, Cristiano, we think you've got the talent to grow. When he went to United, he was still a bit flashy. A bit insubstantial as a player. Mm. He said to me, I went and interviewed him about a year ago. I spent mm. a couple of hours with him in Madrid. And he said that the biggest thing was watching Gary Neville. Nowhere near as talented as Ronaldo. But he would get to training an hour early, practice every single dimension of his game, leave an hour late. So Ronaldo started taking it more seriously, started practicing the free kick where he goes through with the laces. Mm. And he started mm. to develop. And now in Madrid, he's a huge role model for the younger players at that club. And you get this sort of contagion of professionalism when you really see what it takes to maximise your potential. Ronaldo wasn't doing that for, mm. for, for a while. Mm. What, do you, got, got, say, what do you find in youth sport then, uh, Matthew, in terms of attitudes of kind of kids coming through now? I'm sure you've kind of thought and written about this. I think what, a couple of sort of thoughts on that. One is my deep fear occasionally is that kids are playing sport not because they love it, but because their parent wants them to be a champion. So they don't really... They're not internally motivated. Mm. They're sort of doing it to please a mentor or parent. I think that's dangerous. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. Because no. they, in a funny kind of way, later in life, they resent the parent. Yeah. And they often burn out. Mm. I think it's really important for, for parents to understand what kids are really passionate about. You know, when a, when a child is saying, yeah, I want to go to the theatre, I want to go to football, they're dragging you there. That's a great sign. Kids in that frame of mind sometimes will go through difficulties. And then I think it's okay to give them a nudge and a push because we all go through those little crises from time to time. But I think it's really, you know, I say this as a dad and I'm sure I'll make big mistakes with this. I think it's really important for parents to truly understand 
who their children are, what they're passionate about, because otherwise I think it can affect relationships. But but other than that, I think the, the thing that worries me a bit about young young um, athletes is is often they're they're a bit too devastated by early setbacks. Mm. We all have them. But it is interesting because in the old days, I mean, my parents grew up from a different time, and yeah. their way of parenting wasn't what is what's your child good at when they just said you're going to be an accountant I mean, ridiculous <laughs> to you yeah i failed yeah. maths o level three times but they still said to me no you should be an accountant you <laughs> know, because that's that's what they thought was the right thing to do you yeah. know whereas now we the kid it's gone completely okay. the other way whereas, i think yeah. there's you know, still there's still parents that say you know, you're going to be a doctor you're going to yeah. be an accountant you're going, i mean i still think that goes on i don't think it's changed drastically well, i don't think it's i don't think not it's as, a disaster not as yeah yeah i mean account but uh, i think yeah, you would have been a guy actually though right he tried yeah. but he was terrible he was terrible yeah he was <laughs> terrible didn't um, last long so you did actually give it a go oh yeah i gave it a go yeah but uh no, I don't think they were out for No, not really. He still does the books here. He does all the accounts here at Talksport, don't he? <laughs> he said that one day the, the partner said to me, "What did he say?" The exact quote. He said, "This is a chartered accountant, not a turf accountant." <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cutting, isn't it? It's very cutting. So Matthew's book, uh, "You Are Awesome: uh, Find Your Confidence and Dare to Be Brilliant at Almost Anything," uh, is uh, available now. Um, uh, Ren and Rook are the publishers, and uh, you say aimed at sort of uh, to eleven to nine, nine to fourteen. Nine to fourteen. It's, it's actually out on on Thursday. Oh, okay, out on Thursday, so you can pick up a copy. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talksport. Uh, journalist and author Matthew Side with us in the studio. We've just been chatting about his uh, new book, which is uh, aimed at kids. Uh, you are awesome. And um, we'll uh, kind of give you some more details at, at the end of this chat where you can pick a copy up. It's out on Thursday. But uh, among your other books is The Greatest, hmm. um, Matthew. And I wonder we need to be adding potentially uh, Pep Guardiola to that list. You've written quite a lot about him in The Times at various points on, on, on various topics. I mean, what, what have you made of, of this season? Uh, I- I, I've loved it. Hmm. I, 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 one of the great things about sport in general and about football in particular is the competition drives a wonderful process of evolution. You just have to watch football matches on ESPN from the 1970s. The guys were good players, but my goodness, it's moved on. Hmm. The skill, the tactics, the way teams are set up, the formations. And I think Guardiola has disrupted English football in a major way with the way that I mean the way they train much more use of the ball creating a shared understanding between the players in the way that they're able to anticipate each other's intentions and therefore create long chains of passing which often opens up the the role of the goalkeeper Mm, who saw that coming Mm. where he's the first line of attack you know we sort of saw it with Barcelona but it's been, fa- and I think last year with, um, what was it, got? Bravo, wasn't it, last yeah. year, messing up. Guardiola kept telling his team, you've got to keep doing it. There are risks, but there's also a risk if you keep booting the ball long, losing possession, and then the other team comes back at you. You hold the ball, allow the, p- the goalkeeper to pass it out. You can overload the midfielder, open up spaces further down the pitch. And I think the contrast here is between Guardiola and Arsene Wenger, who came in as a disruptor was incredibly innovative, made big changes that were mimicked by many of the clubs up and down the Premier League, but became complacent. And he hasn't adapted it ever since. I think he's way too stubborn. And Guardiola has shown that if you're prepared to be creative and to think differently and to do it with an incredible level of meticulous professionalism, it it takes the game to a new place. And I think what's going to be interesting next season, I think it'll be tougher for them. 
because I think a whole range of managers are going to start thinking in a different way. Mm. They're going to mimic the good stuff and they're going to practice in the off-season the kinds of tactics that will repudiate what Guardiola's trying to do. You have to have the players. <clears throat> we were talking about yeah, this with Jonathan Wilson yesterday. Yeah. Like the, the people say, oh, he should go to Tranmere, see if he can do it there. But <laughs> he probably couldn't because, yeah. with respect, he'd have Tranmere players. And well, he's right. sort he's, of, he's but taken but at him, that level, I bet, they, I bet he'd improve them. He probably would improve them, but you know he's, he's meticulously built this squad. Yep. He, he, you know, it took him a whole year of not winning anything, which you know must have bothered him. But it's, yeah. this year he's got those players that he wanted to play the system he wants to play, yep. and that's part of the process, isn't it? Well, he was asked a question not not so long ago: What is the most important thing in football management? And he said, "Having great players." He's had a checkbook that's enabled him to sign them. He inherited a great team at Barcelona. I think that the tactics that one deploys are absolutely dependent on the players that one has. But once you do have access to some of the best players in the world, you have some ideas about how you can innovate tactically, but also to enhance their abilities, not just individual ability. What I think he does is he sees football quintessentially as a game not of soloists, but as an orchestra. So he sees the team not as a group of disparate individuals, but he's trying to think about how they can interact in a way to exploit the space. I mean, mm. it's very much in the tradition of Renus Michels going through Cruyff and total football. I think he's a real custodian, but he's taken it to a new place. And it is, I mean, look, I don't want to, I think a lot of people get quite mystical about him and, you know, yeah. the aesthetics are amazing. He's, he's obviously a great manager, but he has some flaws too. He's not reacted mm. terribly well to a couple of the defeats. Well, you get, mm. I mean, you, you wrote about this a while back. That sort of halo effect, they call it, don't you? Yeah. The fact that yeah. Because he comes across as this kind of, uh, this good guy and this professor, that he gets away with stuff in a way that Jose wouldn't, who is the panto villain, really. Well, exactly. That's you know it, 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 the yin and the yang of those two is is quite funny, and I think journalistically we have a lot of fun with it. Oh, right? the contrast between pragmatic and romantic is you know it's yeah. been fascinating. And people, I mean, you know, your argument is an interesting one because Mourinho has got the players, but yeah. isn't producing the quality of football that Pep is. Yeah, and that's a great contrast: the romantic and the pragmatist. I mean, I think that is an ancient dichotomy, mm, and I think sure. that definitely describes those two. Um, it was quite funny, Mourinho. He kicked a bottle, didn't he, down the touchline. I don't think he even ended up on the pitch. Mm. And he got sanctioned. You can imagine Guardiola mm. <laughs> would do the same thing and it wouldn't even get noticed. Having said that, I think Mourinho, I mean, he may be changing. I hope so, judging what happened last weekend. But he has been a bit graceless in defeat. Um, and I think that's a shame. I think Guardiola has done that a bit too. But I think if if one had to, I think they all do. They hate they, losing. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't get to this position if you did. If you liked losing, you were a great loser. I mean, you know, Fergie was a wonderful manager, but yeah. you know, and he was gracious to a point, but only to a point. Yeah, and I I think in terms of the the battle between them, Mourinho, I think has been quite stubborn. Mm. I think he is using the tactics, you know, tactical periodization. He's all into the way he. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sets up his teams. I think he's going to have to be really imaginative and be prepared to think a bit differently if he's going to enhance his players and, and threaten City next. I'd, I'd still say City, for me, strong favourites to, to catch I think them. Liverpool are the closest to Yeah, the possibly. Second half of the season, I think Liverpool have been almost as good. I mean, they, they and they also have a, that approach that sort of, they are, when they're going forward, they are great to watch. Yeah. And I think people want that now from football. You know, the, you know it goes through, it's all, all fashions, but, you know, the pragmatic was very, very successful. I mean, look at Mourinho, he's... Yep. he's Reminded us on Sunday, he's won eight titles, so yeah, that's true. it does work. Well, I, I think or also it's worth saying that you must get this a lot. You know, as a journalist, people say, "Well, why don't you write about other sports, something other than football? Mm. Now, why don't you write about badminton or ta-? you know?" I get this a lot. Why don't you write about table tennis? Why don't we see? But it's interesting that now almost every sport has access to television coverage. You know, there's loads of acres of coverage on Sky of most sports. Football still dominates. In fact, in some ways, it's even more dominant. And I think the reason it's not coincidental. It dominates in China. Table tennis was the biggest sport from the 1950s onwards. As soon as they got access to television pictures of football, they have become obsessed. It's miles bigger than mm. I think the reason is the drama. It's got that combination of simplicity, complexity, drama, tribalism. You bring those together with great icons like Guardiola going head-to-head with Mourinho, like mm. those amazing comebacks we saw last week. I mean, it is, it's incomparable yeah. as a sport. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't grow up as a football fan. You know, I, it wasn't my... But looking at it, I hope neutral. I think it is the greatest sport. This, this kind of ties in, and you're probably well-placed to answer this. You've been to China, I'm sure, many occasions yeah. because of <clears throat> table tennis. And but if the listeners don't know, you, you, you were an Olympian, weren't you? Table tennis yeah. Olympian yep. in this country. You are number one table tennis player in this country. Um, they love table tennis. They have lots of great table tennis players. The mm-hmm. sport's very popular. Uh, they took to snooker. They produced some yeah. brilliant snooker players. Yeah. Mm. They love football, yeah. yet still, we can't produce a particularly it's not, good. And it's not just teams. teams; it's also individual. They've yeah. produced a lot of individual players mm-hmm. either. Really, no, they haven't. So, have you looked at, as to why you think yeah, that I, might I, be? I, I think there's a, 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 a quite, well, for me, a convincing explanation. It's the same explanation for why UK sport has been able to produce world-class rowers, dominated rowing, cycling and a whole range of other Olympians, but with a huge budget, the FA has not managed to create a national team that can take on the world. And the reason is football, unlike rowing, is the national sport in almost every country on the planet. Mm. You know, In rowing, if you invest a lot of money in rowers, while no other nations are doing the same thing, you've got mm. a massive, That's massive true. advantage. We have velodromes. We have research institutes for our cyclists. They don't have that in Africa. But in Africa, with low entry costs into football... You just need a pair. I mean, I went to sub-Saharan Africa, miles away from the electricity grid. You know, no artificial light. They had kerosene lamps. And near the village, 
I was there for a charity. It was about creating solar lamps because these kerosene lamps are really damaging for health. Mm. Walk, the jungle is nearby. You mm-hmm. know, wild, there was a clearing, two teams playing 11 aside <laughs> with, with branches for posts, a referee, clear understanding of the offside rule, and the only TV in the village which was powered by a generator... Every weekend, they would watch the Premier League. They knew who had won between Arsenal and Man City the week before. I went to Dar es Salaam afterwards, the city, and the hotel didn't have any, um, didn't have a TV. So I went to the local bar. The, the, there were tribes there watching the football. It's difficult to become the best in the world at football if you, because everyone in the world wants to be a good footballer, no, and true. everyone has the money, the access to get it. I mean, they might not have the coaching, but the entry costs are low. It's like the ultimate global meritocracy. Wow. Yes, very true, actually. That's a good point. And you do wonder if ultimately, you know, China will, you know, great coaches will go there and try and bring the team. You wonder if it ever will. They've got the money, haven't they? I mean, they're hiring. I mean, they're spending some money on great foreign players who I think, you know, the iconography of that may inspire more people to take it up. Maybe. I don't know. No, I mean, Carlos Tevez probably set that back from Iniesta's (laughs) Iniesta's going there. You've seen an absolute fortune. I mean, more money than Neymar. What a player he is, by the way. Oh, yeah, he is. But, you know. Underrated, though, right? Very. No, no. He's a brilliant player. But, I mean, he is certainly coming to the end of his sort of European life. Well, Matthew, good to see you. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much for coming in. Uh, You're awesome. Find your confidence and dare to be brilliant in almost anything. Uh, is out on uh, Thursday and uh, yeah, it's uh, Ren and Rook are the publishers and uh, we wish you well with it thanks Thank for coming you. in thanks guys uh, Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport uh, anyway yes. um, we, we asked you earlier on off the back of, of, of some pictures that emerged uh, Lionel Richie's doing a tour uh, over the summer in this country and he's playing a few football stadiums which meant a PR opportunity to have him holding up St Johnston Carlisle mm. Shrewsbury and who was the other one? I've forgotten who the other shirt was. Chesterfield shirts, holding them up. It mm. looked a bit weird. It's like he'd signed for them all. <laughs> like, there's some agent. Give a shirt and tie on underneath and just a football shirt over yeah, the top. Yeah, so he was just way. holding up the shirts. It did seem a bit weird. Yeah. So um, one, of the, one of the listeners got in touch straight away. I think it was Steve Pye, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was Perlo, is it me you're looking for? <laughs> now, off the back of that, uh, we've had a few <laughs> from you. You won't top that, surely. Well, I don't know. Um, we've got Sheru Say Me, says Walter <laughs> Cooper. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Once, tu- once, twice, three times, and you're off, says Martin. <laughs> That's very good. Um, three times a maidly. Says, <laughs> says former Leeds uh, defender, Paul Maidley. Uh, that's from Lowell there. Yeah. Uh, dances on the ceiling says uh, <laughs> uh, Philip Hughes. And there we are. That's, that's quite like good. That um, what else we got? Stuck on IU, says uh, Rob <laughs> Maddox. Yeah, that's good too. Dancing with Glenn Whelan. <laughs> I'm not sure that works, LB, but thank you very much. No. You are my des, i.e. That's very yeah, good. That's I'd like to think he'll sing, he'll change the lyrics well, he might. to make him a bit know. more no, football. No, like that was some Stuart. So uh, you can keep going, getting fantastic if you want to. Talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 81089. Tweet to TSH&J. Now, you know the, the weather, you, you'll feel it, that it's turning, and it, hopefully by the end of this week, it's going to be very, very nice. We're going to have a heat wave. And uh, the star, never short of uh, to cash in on the weather news. Oh, yeah. Landlords are set to cash in on this week's heat wave by throwing their beer gardens open to barbecues. Retailers, seen retailers say they've seen a surge in demand for grub cooked outdoors with pubs set to make a mint from hungry punters. It's not bitcoins, it's just barbecues. <laughs> yes, like we just invented. You can cook outside when the weather gets warm. It's incredible. Pictures at 11. That's even a bit of a shock. Just a, mm. a, 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 interesting, listen to what Victoria was saying, this witch report about 
the ridiculous price of tickets, you know, £5,000 to, uh, to go and see an England game. We were only told last week that England fans weren't buying tickets. I don't see where now the Now they're spending is. five yeah. grand. And there's a, a, a quite important, really, if you are thinking of picking up a ticket, do be very careful because we have been told uh, that um, they are checking everybody's passes. When you get tickets, hmm. uh, if they you have your on, name on it. Yeah, if you get them on the black, well, you have to wear a fan pass, basically. When you're out there, you'll wear, when you get your ticket, you'll have a little kind of fan pass. And when they had the Confederations Cup in Russia, because we often think, oh, yeah, they always say, they always say they're going to check your hmm. ticket, there's going to be a cordon. But I got some tickets off my mate when I went to France or Germany, wherever, and it was fine. Hmm. But it appears this time. It is different, and for the Confederations Cup games, everybody who went into the stadiums had their passes checked. So, and it's photo ID you have to wear around your neck, um, and everybody did. And apparently, it all went off quite smoothly, and they got people into the stadium quickly. But there were no exceptions. So, uh, if you are looking just to pick up tickets from a mate, do bear that in mind. As the guy from which was saying in that report, it's a long way to go. Uh, only to find out you can't actually get into the ground, especially if you've paid over the odds for the ticket. No, good warning. Mm. Uh, right, now, just a quick T20 birthday spread for you. This is the reduced version of the original game. Mm. used to have ten birthdays. How, this how, one's how, only got one. OK, how many years do you, do you think I will be within? Well, I've got I'm, to try and guess the age of this You've person. got to guess the age of him. It's his birthday today. Mm. It's basically... Um, Oh, yeah, I think you'll be within... I think you're good at this. I, I'll give you within six. OK, within six. OK, fair And enough. it's uh, the composer of the Miami Vice theme and many other pieces of music, Jan Hammer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jan Hammer. He used to share a bunk bed with Eamon Holmes. Is that but right? who took the top bunk? But that's... that's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's... I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Dion Dublin, he's gives a small round of applause. <laughs> he's pulled over at the side of the road, Dion, to give that a small round of applause. Um... <laughs> Jan Hammer, he's probably older than that. Yeah, he's, he's sadly, he's probably about 70. I'm going to go Jan Hammer 70. What is he? 70. Is he really? The big 7 over day? Fantastic. I should have bought him a cake. <laughs> you should have done, really. I'll pop yeah. in. I'll get him a, you know, the old caterpillar now, cake in Tesco's or whatever. Earlier in the show, I said to you that uh, Ian Longley had written us a, a, a long letter. He had. Handwritten. Five. You don't see that very often. That's nice. Old well, school. He, he says, I enjoy listening to your show, Brackets and Others. Oh, OK. That's <laughs> yeah, fair thanks. enough. Yeah, not uh, exclusively, actually. And I'd love to email on occasions. However, whilst I can do the Times crossword, I'm an essence computer illiterate well mm. never mind it's really the same as writing really yeah. I've therefore decided to write to you uh, points which you might find interesting and amusing well okay yeah, there you it's go very formal and he also sent the well it is very formal it's nice yeah it's the nice. football encyclopedia pre-war but he wants it back he wants it back but I don't think he wants it back immediately okay the producer straight away went to all over it well he went to Torquay and uh, they were on page 144. He said to me, oh, talk here on 144, because mm. he knew that. And uh, there was a, there's a photo of the Manchester City team yeah. that won the FA Cup in 1934. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, back row, Tilson Dale Busby, which is Matt Busby, mm-hmm. of course, Frank Swift. <laughs> yeah. Perished in Munich, of course. Barnett, Bray, Lucky, Toesland, Marshall, Cowan, Hurd and Brook. Yeah. So not as, quite as many foreign players as they've got now. <laughs> yeah, that's what, well, they may have considered Scottish players as foreign in those <laughs> well, days, did, of course. Yeah. Now, he, he, he sends me quite a lot of things first match, but this one is on a lighter note. On a lighter note, yeah. We he always says, like that. 
He said, you ran an article, it's not really an article, on penalty incidents, especially including stranger eccentric misses. Mm. Uh, the most spectacular... You've got a stranger eccentric misses. <laughs> I certainly have. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the most spectacular... <laughs> yeah. She'd love that, though, if she was listening. Yeah. The most... Still only she doesn't listens. listen. She's watching uh, old repeats of Neighbours. <laughs> no, no, doctors. She, uh, no, she loves Don't Ask Me. That's oh, her okay, favourite yeah. bit. To watch you yeah. humiliated on That's air right, every yeah. Monday. Uh, she was quite excited yesterday that I, I got so close. Mm. Uh, the most spectacular miss I ever saw was from Don Rogers at my beloved Crystal Palace. Oh, yeah, I remember Don Rogers. Shooting toward the Holmesdale, Holmesdale end, mm. he managed to slip. The ball came off his left heel and went out for a throw-in. That is quite spectacular. Wow, that's, that's, yeah. Glenn Murray, you're off the hook after <laughs> the weekend, yeah. <laughs> What's... Uh, Strange but true. I've sort of I've, I've hired them, so I think they're safe. Strange but true. Okay. Strange but true. Mm. We were preparing our house to put up for sale. The estate agent said that highly polished windows help give a good impression. Mm. I decided to spend the day cleaning and needed plenty of cleaning rags. I went through my chest of drawers and pulled out some old clothing to cut up as rags. Yeah. I pulled out an old Andy Johnson shirt. <laughs> And as I no longer wore it, as Andy had long since left us, I cut it into squares. Mm. I started cleaning the windows with a <laughs> with the aforesaid he is posh, aforesaid cut up shirt. Yeah. After a few minutes, I turned on Talk Sport by way of something to listen to while cleaning. The first thing I heard was that Neil Warnock had decided to bring Andy back to the club after <laughs> an absence of several years. He's, it's great, isn't it? That's fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, but it was too late then. He couldn't wear he couldn't well, he wear couldn't, the shirt again. Put it all back. He had to start sewing. It was covered in window. <laughs> Lean. Patchwork. Yeah. Uh, friendship request. Okay, this is, the, I think, the one I've, the final one. Uh, having watched football for nearly 50 years, mm. I've seen some violence, but fortunately I've never been mixed up in any. Yeah. However, I was hit round the head once at a game by a fellow Palace supporter. Oh, no. The game was Palace versus Manchester United. It was nil-nil. It was early Ronaldo days, and Rooney was playing like an express train, unlike the steam locomotive going uphill, as he is now. <laughs> Bit harsh. Yeah. We should <laughs> get him on this, though. I like he's good, him. isn't he? He's good value. We, we were holding out well when United put the ball in our banana. No, no, sorry. Put not the in ball our- in our banana? <laughs> that was another. You're talking, it's the wrong page. It's a sides. five-page letter. He put the ball in our banana. <laughs> Your Honour. The ball in, in our net. Oh, <laughs> It would be net, wouldn't it? Just as I hit the net, uh, just as it hit the net. Sorry, <laughs> he's killing this. I hope it's the payoff. I hope the payoff works. <laughs> just as it hit the net, I saw the linesman's flag go up. I leapt up to celebrate the disallowed goal hmm. when I was hit round the back of the head from a Palace fan sitting behind me. He gave me some verbal abuse about Manchester United, assuming I was a United supporter so celebrating the goal. Oh yeah. Once I pointed out that the goal was being disallowed, mm-hmm. and I was a Palace fan celebrating that fact, he tried to shake me by the hand and wanted to become a mate ah. <laughs> after clumping him round the head. What's the name of the guy who sent this in? Uh, it is Ian Longley. Ian, thank you very much. Much, much obliged to you and yours, which I believe is a phrase you probably still use <laughs> by the sound Brilliant. of it. Big Palace. But, uh, thank you man. very much, Ian. Good man. And uh, we will send the book back. We'll look after it. Uh, we'll have a good flick through about some gold in that. What year was it? 1930 what? The football yeah, encyclopedia? pre-war, so about 30. No, that's amazing. Okay, well, we'll check that out and see if we can find some gold for you. Tell you how much the game has changed over the years. Bob Bubka's going to join us shortly. Patrick Reed, of course. Put it this way, Sir Frederick Wall was the secretary of the FA. Oh, well, yeah, times have changed. Yeah. I don't know if he, he was friendly with Farrier or Lamb. I wouldn't think so, was he? <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport, and uh, if you've uh, been uh, looking online today, you may have seen a picture of Tyson Fury looking to get back in June, of course, his uh, first return fight with a bit of a black eye. Well, he's been sparring, and uh, the man that gave him the black eye mm. uh, joins us now, heavyweight uh, David Allen. Good afternoon, David. 
Hello, mate. How are you doing? Good, thank Good you. Thanks. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, he says he's going to get his revenge next week. I take it you're sparring again, are you? <laughs> well, maybe not now. I'm not sure what punch it was, to be honest. My eyes were closed. <laughs> so one of them must have landed, I don't know. How, I mean, you've sparred with him before, so you're pretty well placed to tell us how, how the old comeback trail is, is going, because uh, Ricky Hatton had, had been sending pictures, and we spoke to him a little while ago, and he said he looked in good nick, and his timing was good, his reflexes were good. So how have you found it? Yeah, you know, he's not back to his very best yet, but that's understandable, you know. He's not back down to his, his fighting weight. I was, I was with him 2014, I first joined... Uh, his uncle's camp, you know, I trained mm. with uh, Tyson, his cousin Dewey, um, and, I, and I was, I saw him on and off sparring on and off all the way through to the Klitschko fight, and, and at that point, he was the best heavyweight in the world, you know, and he mm. was fantastic, and one of the best heavyweights I think there's ever been, he's, he's coming back now, you know, he's not, he's still very good, he's, he's still much better than me, but, um, you know, he's not, he's not back there yet, understandably, he needs, he needs more time in the gym, you know, he needs a fight, he's going to come back to, and then, and I, I think, I think he will come back to the level that it was at, maybe even surpass it, and that's, that was very exciting. Um, what, makes, wild fights. what makes him so difficult to, to? I mean, you're sparring with him, so what, what is it about him as a fighter? He, he appears to be kind of quite awkward, doesn't he? Mm. I think first and foremost, you know, it's, it's obvious to see how big he is. Mm. Um, nearly seven foot, his arms are nearly seven foot long. Um, and, and, and that's the obvious thing, that's, that's easy for anyone to see, you can see the size of him, but also... The fact that he moves so well, he moves like a middleweight, fast mm. um, hands. And then when you hit him, he just kind of talks to you and just says, oh, that was, that was good, well done, in a really <laughs> sarcastic way, which kind of winds up again. <laughs> so, um, he's kind of got it all, you know, and then the stuff that people don't see, because because he moves so well and he focuses on his movement and his boxing skill, when he, when he sits down and he's punching who he wants to hurt, yeah, you know, he does. And he can, he can really punch. And when you're 20 stone man, you're going to be very strong. You know, he's got a bit of everything, I think. So, I'm biased, though. I am very biased, as people always tell me. <laughs> a lot of good judges, though, think Fury at his best will give Anthony Joshua a pretty good fight and probably, they think, win, I think. Yeah, you know, like I say, I am very biased as a friend of Tyson and Anthony Joshua. I wouldn't say I dislike them, but he's not my favourite uh, heavyweight in the world. But anyway... So I am biased, but I, I do think Tyson Fury, the best Tyson Fury, I have to stress that, the best Tyson Fury, I think, beats Anthony Joshua. Uh, Tyson Fury, anything less than his best, would, would come on tough against Joshua. You, you've sparred with Anthony Joshua, haven't you? Yeah, I sparred Anthony uh, probably more than I have Tyson, to mm. be honest. So, w w what do you make of him when you're sparring? What are the differences between the two men? I've not sparred Anthony for a few years now, but... I first sparred in 2012 before London Olympics and I didn't really think much to him at the time, mm. you know. Uh, he was a lot smaller than he is now. He was he was basic. He, I didn't really think anything to him and then he won the gold medal. Um, and every time, but the, the thing with Anthony is I sparred, him, I sparred him often but the times where I didn't spar him for a couple of months so I'd go back in the improvement would be so vast, you know. He, he worked so hard. I, I don't think he's as naturally talented as you know, not even not even lights of heavyweight at domestic level, but definitely not the definitely not as talented as the Tyson Fury's. But he just works so hard, and every time you see him, he improves. So, in the time that I haven't that I last sparred until now, the improvement will be amazing. So it wouldn't be really fair to comment, but I just think I just think he's not naturally he hasn't he hasn't got the gifts that Tyson's got. And if Tyson puts the work in, there's no way that Anthony can beat him. Uh -huh.
Now, look, let me just read something that Vladimir Klitschko said at the weekend. I don't know if you've seen these quotes yet, but I'll give them to you, and, uh, and I say, I'm quoting this. So um, he was asked, basically, uh, uh, who's, who's likely to win in the fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. And, of course, Klitschko has fought them both. He said, hands down, Joshua. He is going to be the complete fighter, technically, size-wise, weight-wise, power-wise. And he is a good learner. The other guy, Fury, he says, and this is the quote, is like a fart in the wind. He's there and he's gone. In the history of boxing, there's a lot of examples of this kind of guy. They can be successful for a time, but they're not disciplined enough to continue to be successful. I wish Tyson well, but I think there's a lack of discipline there. And discipline is more important than motivation, he says. So what do you make of that? You know, it's very hard to... Um, I'm, I'm Dave Allen from Doncaster, who, who's lost three fights out of 17, and that's that's one of the best heavyweights of all time. Mm. So his argument will probably carry a little bit more weight. But what I would say is, Tyson, you couldn't really argue with the discipline. Tyson's not boxed now. It'd be, it'd be nearly three years by the time he gets back in the ring. But to, to say that, he, to, 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 to lessen his achievement of being Vladimir that, that night in Dusseldorf, is a little bit is a little bit silly to me. He beat Vladimir very comfortably, mm. you know. Whereas Vladimir, he really struggled. With, uh, Anthony really struggled with Vladimir. And the Vladimir that boxed Anthony Joshua hadn't boxed for eighteen months. He was forty-one years old. I feel like Tyson. He must have beat the better. He must have beat the better Vladimir. He, he wasn't. He wasn't coming off an eighteen-month playoff. I think Tyson was that good that night. Maybe not exciting, mm. but he was that good and that much better than Vladimir. He made he made Vlad look like an old man and. And Joshua boxed uh, uh, faded, not as good Vladimir, but made him made him look made him look uh, like the old Vladimir. So, and I think I think them comments are more Vladimir. You know, I think he's a big admirer of uh, Anthony. You know, yeah. and I think he sees a lot of himself in in Anthony, and he and he probably struggles to see a lot of himself in Tyson. Mm. He's definitely a one-off. So I think I think that's more what it is. I think. Mm. He's, I think he's more, uh, he's just an Anthony Joshua fan and not so much of a Tyson Fury fan. Now, uh, as far as I know, you haven't inspired with Deontay Wilder, but you have fought Luis Ortiz, who uh, Wilder yes. beat a month or so ago. Um, what do you make of Wilder uh, in terms of, and, uh, and that would be a very interesting fight if you fought Tyson Fury. No one would know what was going on. But um, do you think he could trouble um, Anthony Joshua? Yeah, I think that for me, Fury, Wilder, Joshua—they're the three main men, you know. Mm. Um, Wilder—he's he's a really funny one. Like you say, you watch him, and you're not really sure what you're watching. He's so awkward. He, he doesn't seem to know what he's doing himself. Um, but he's got that one big right hand that's, mm. that's capable of taking anybody out. I was in there with Luis Ortiz myself. I know, I know what a fighter he is. You know, very smart. He can punch himself, and he, he had he had Deontay Wilder going a few times. Deontay Wilder—he rode the storm. Uh, and he came back and he, and he, and he stopped Luis Ortiz comprehensively in the end. So you've got to say he's a real danger man. And at the minute the Ortiz win, for me, marks him out, makes him the number one heavyweight in the world. You know, as Tyson right now, he's not boxing two and a half years. You can't really bring him into the whole ranking thing. I was ranking the heavyweights. You know, I'd have Deontay Wilder one, Joshua two, uh, and, and Tyson's, Tyson, when he fights in June, he will, he will come back in there somewhere in the top ten. Because mm. I'm told his opponent will be a lot better than people think. Oh, okay. Because mm, well, there's a, 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 a mm. Dominic Brazil and Kevin Johnson, who are both guys who've fought Anthony Joshua. They've they've been mentioned. There was some talk of you being part of that sort of warm up <laughs> process. I mean, is that is that? A, I mean, you're sparring with him at the moment. That would suggest you're not going to be fighting him in June. <laughs> I can rule Kevin Johnson out. I asked him about Kevin Johnson, and he laughed. 
So I'm guessing that's a definite now. Yeah, because like I mean, Brazil Brazil did better mm. against him. He went seven rounds, didn't he? With and he, he, he you know, he, he he was pretty decent. He took some shots, didn't he? And he gave a few himself when he fought Joshua. So is that is that a possibility? You think? I think I think Brazil's a possibility. Mm. Yeah, definite possibility. I think I think he'd be a good he'd be a very good uh, win as well. You know, Brazil uh, he did well against Joshua, but since then he's beat a Gono. It was a very a very good heavyweight prospect. So. You know, he was giving me certain names yesterday, and he was saying it could it could be him, it could be him. There was all those all top thirty, top top forty um, at the worst. You know, mm. definitely not myself. It definitely will not be me. <laughs> and um, they can't pay me enough money, I'm afraid. <laughs> you don't you don't fancy spying with him next <clears throat> week from what you've said. <laughs> so no, after after he's, after he's told me he's going to return the favour of the black eye, I'm, I'm yeah. I might be yeah, I might be busy that day. So. <laughs> now look, your last time out was a, a bit unfortunate because that's the worst way really for a fighter to well, apart from being knocked out obviously, but an accidental clash of heads and you got cut and they had to stop the fight, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, you know, it was, it was like I say, it was unfortunate. It was nobody's fault. Um, only two minutes of action had gone, so it was too early to say which way it was going to go. That was a rematch, you know, it had been a year in the making, a lot of waiting about, a lot of frustration. Now, Lenroy Thomas, he fights Joe, uh, I don't know if I can say that, because I'm not sure that's been announced, I maybe just announced that early again. That's the, twi- that's the second time I've done that this week. Anyway, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> yeah, he's, he's fighting okay. someone else, we'll say, shall we? Yeah, he's fighting somebody else, yeah. <laughs> possibly Joe, which I've just said, but anyway, I apologise again. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Lenroy Thomas fight looks like it's off at least for the foreseeable future. I was looking for a fight with Daniel Dubois last week, getting a bit, being a bit of a nuisance on the internet, like always. <laughs> but at the minute, I'm just doing a leisure centre tour of the UK. I'm going round. Uh, it starts in Warsaw Town Hall. Hopefully, on to Darlington. You know, fighting. You know, not the greatest opposition, getting busy, winning, uh, and just getting around and, and just. Just enjoying life really, as well as boxing. It's great, you know. I'm, I'm in a really good position right now, and, and we're just making the most of it. Good stuff. Look, uh, great Thanks to talk to you, Dave. Good really interesting. Yeah. And, uh, we wish you well. All the best. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Thank you. There we are, David Allen. There, the uh, heavyweight. Give us a real insight. Huh? He was fun. Yeah. Good. Joe Joyce, I think he was talking about. Then you yeah. probably guessed anyway, which would be an interesting fight. Yeah. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four pm on Talksport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. A bit when I did it, confuse a net for a banana. Yeah, that's where well, it happens. It does happen. Yeah. Of course. Uh, we'll catch up with you uh, tomorrow. Thanks for downloading us. Night, folks. See you later. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.